And it looks like we're recording, so hello there, Matt. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, I, I I know we had somewhat of a topic lined up, but I, I, I had something I wanted to try to surprise you with, and, and it's uh, annoying because I saw on Facebook that you're already aware of it. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering, can you hear that? There's a saying in, um, can you hear audio? All Japanese Canadians know it for sure from their grandparents, but... Something about Japanese Canadians. Uh, it cannot be helped. <laughs> uh, you just have to move through it. And uh, <laughs> it's a lot of Shigata Ganai uh, to get to this point. Very good. And you know, uh, you're right, Adrian. It's hard to believe that it's actually happening. And yet, on the other hand, it, it seems like we're very close to the point of no return here and i can't help stressing that all of the athletes who will be at tokyo have invested so much in getting here the year's delay has has been very difficult to deal with man like shut up and, announcer you know some pro athletes have decided exactly, not right? to come to Tokyo 2020 because of COVID concerns. Let's face that. I mean, I mean, that's, that's the one thing one of the high I can say about the Olympics. Who is, is here? Uh, the, is, the news broadcasters and stuff just really ruin it by talking over top of the, the video game music. It's funny. I mean, I'm not surprised. Like, it's it's neat and everything. It's remember. I don't know if you recall. I forget if it was. So I don't even know how the Olympics work. I know you have to like like your city puts together some sort of pitch to say, yo, we can handle this. And then they get yeah. selected. And then there's like another little mini celebration to say, look, we did it. And at yeah. one of those two events, when the Tokyo Olympics were doing either their pitch or their like, we got selected celebration, they had like Mario and played some Nintendo music. Yeah. I think it was part of the whole, you know, <laughs> like cool Japan thing or whatever. So yeah. I'm not surprised they carried it forward. I, I'm I'm happy with the choices, though. I, the frog <laughs> music is... Uh, uh, uh a nice touch and it's funny because i don't know like when you think of athletes like we're we're old people right like 30s late 30s like athletes are always like 18 19 20 year olds like half of those people stomping around out there are like what what is this or they're from you know a country where they they didn't grow up playing like super nintendo so it's it feels like an awesome thing that like some very small sliver of the audience is actually going to even pick up on which makes it kind of more fun (laughs) yeah yeah there's i mean there's probably a person or two in the Olympics who who has played Monster Hunter, maybe, but yeah, like the selection there was like Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy and <laughs> the Tales of series and Kingdom Hearts, Chrono Trigger, yeah. it, Sonic the Hedgehog. It's it, there's a big selection of stuff that's not new. So <laughs> I guess you have to ask yourself, like, think of who's watching the Olympics. It's probably not yeah. the 18 year olds. It's like their parents. And then I don't know other sports people or whatever. Like I guess it's probably it's for them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not the yeah. not the athletes. They just whatever, just walk around and do the thing. Yeah, like I I was I was barely aware that sports things were happening. I mean, sports <laughs> things are always happening, but uh, I don't know if if it weren't for my Twitter going alight this morning over this amazingness, I I wouldn't have even really known that the Olympics had started. Yeah, I mean I'm there's a lot of news i see fly by about whatever um I, people were whining about the beds being anti-sex beds or something did you yeah, yeah. that yeah like i see weird little things like that but i didn't know the exact date they were starting or uh, yeah, yeah yeah anything yeah. like that yeah i i saw the anti-sex bed uh, thing that's that's uh, been um declared fake news by the way debunked yeah yeah no those beds were invented like a decade ago and it has nothing to do with anti-sex it's purely like because they're eco-friendly yeah, what was the anti-sex thing? I didn't even read the article. It's like they fall apart if you if you vigorously like shake yeah, them yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the the Olympics are notoriously a, yeah. a haven for sexual uh, stuff to yeah. go on. And what's so, the problem? Like the athletes train for well, their whole life, and then their event that they've been training their whole life for is the next day, and they can't sleep because there's noise. Is is it like that kind of thing, or like what what's even the problem? I don't really get it. I don't I don't know if there normally is a problem. Um, I th- I could be wrong, but I feel like um, crap. What's that dating app that everyone uses where you swipe? Tinder. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Tinder was like caught on because of the Olympics, where like all the athletes were using that last time around. Really? Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm making it up. 
Um, but as as far as I know, it's it's just like a known thing that all these uh, gorgeous pinnacle uh, of creations are going to be uh, romping with each other. But um, I think the concern this year is just you know the spread of the pandemic. Ah, right, right, right. So it's okay but... to like. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the human race is uh, better when Olympians procreate. Uh, uh, I think. I don't know. I I guess. Uh, I wonder how many actually procreate. I mean, I, uh, do people come home from the, the Olympics pregnant? Like that seems like a very poor planning. I, I would. That, well, I don't know. The planning really has anything to do with it. Um, that'd be a good question. That's that's something for if we had a third person on the podcast, I'd tell them to go Google the stats for that right now and. Uh, but I'm not going to bother doing that myself. Yeah. Topic for next time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I, I was going to try and surprise you with that. And then I saw you on, uh, on uh, our messages that you were talking about that exact song and being happy. <laughs> and I was just like, God damn it. I'm, uh, I'm too tuned in. I'm just too tuned yeah. in uh yeah for for your surprises yes. yeah i i thought my uh pop culture uh, superiority <laughs> would come in handy for a change but i check twitter like once a week <laughs> and it was this morning and yeah. boom ruined everything yeah i gotta um, i gotta start checking it after the podcast then you can just consistently <laughs> surprise me with like going ons in the world you know yeah, yeah. it'd make my life a lot easier if i could just be like hey ever hear of this thing and you could be like no what is it right okay yeah. well let's plan to do that uh, speaking of which, some some news from almost a full week ago. Have, have you heard about the uh, the auction of Super Mario sixty four? I did. I find it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure everyone thinks the same, but like, I guess. And so I I I get what you're doing. This is the lead into our topic, <laughs> right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna jump a few steps. So we yeah. wanted to talk about collecting today, and here yeah. you have this example of like madness in the collector's market essentially and i don't know i guess i remember when it was like 2002 or something and i decided i'm going to collect every single nintendo game and it's unrealistic i mean it's still not realistic unless you have lots of money but even like being in a small town you know like it's not like every game is in the town or whatever and some of these games are so rare but it was fun because because no one wanted this shit right i mean like people would literally just give me games or like you know someone's kid moved out and they asked their parents to throw their games away so i'd inherit the box or whatever right it was just so easy to get stuff and it's fine that there's other collectors it's fine there's a market but when things start going like totally wild bonkers like it's literally like news articles about things going for millions of dollars it just i don't know it kills it for me it reminds me of like um like I guess anything, but like Transformers or something. Like everyone, yeah. it has to be in the box, and it has to be, it has to be, uh, you know, whatever year. Like I just kind of want a copy of it. I mean, I don't collect yeah. Transformers, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's <laughs> when I see news like that, I'm always like, ah. Uh. And plus, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> this is weird to me. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I I think I might have been around seven or eight or something and my grandfather used to buy me like sets of hockey cards mm-hmm. and and at the time this was like a, a craze like everyone wanted hockey card collections and, and baseball little little did i know that the the money at the time was actually in football which uh, nobody cared about in canada yeah yeah um i actually bought a couple and, and i think those cards gained in value faster than anything else just because like yep. that's a big thing in america um i of course didn't uh, keep any of my stuff in good condition yep but but it it seemed like it was something that as a seven-year-old i was aware of like there was this mania around it because people had like thrown out their parents superman comics and and stuff and and that stuff was like worth a pretty penny yep um but but for some reason it never really occurred to me that the stuff that i was actually interested in was ever going to get like that like the the idea that a video game would ever sell for like more than a hundred dollars was not something I considered as a seven year old. I don't think much. I don't think many seven year olds <laughs> consider such things. Do they? I don't know. Maybe they do. No. I mean, I think. I, mean, of, I, 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 I thought that about my comics. Oh, I see. Like, okay, I see. You thought that about your comics. See, I when I was 
I look at the things I had when I was a kid and a lot of them now, if they were in good condition, would have value like, yeah. like magic cards or, or transformers. Um, did I tell you my, uh, my alter Magnus story? I think I did. I think we, I don't recognize the word in my name. <laughs> You're what? Um, <laughs> when I was, I don't know, tiny, um, my mom and dad for my birthday or something bought me Ultra Magnus, which is a transformer. It's like the, I don't okay. know what you'd call him. He's like the kind of the, he looks like white Optimus Prime. It doesn't really matter, but we had a family friend who also bought me Ultra Magnus. And they were like, oh, we both bought the same thing. Okay, and returned one. And I'm just thinking like, I wish we just threw it in the attic, like the second Ultra Magnus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now it would be worth like, like mint never touched ultra magnus it would be worth like thousands of dollars or something crazy right yeah and like the magic cards i had and stuff it's funny because like i bought mario 64 brand new i don't know actually like maybe there was something about that one that went uh in the auction like maybe it was was there was it just like the general release like i don't know why it went for so much but like i had that exact thing in my possession at one point and it's weird to think that right well well so that's that's kind of what's bananas about this is that like there there has been a market like you of people who like casually decided they're going to collect every nintendo game and there and there's people that have but the thing about the game collectors up until now is that everyone wants to play their games yep so there's no um concept of like the condition that they should be in like the with game collectors they're all just like i want it you know Uh um if it's got the booklet in box, that's great. But if it doesn't, that's that's okay. I, I, at least I can still play the game and have it on my shelf. So there have been sales that have been expensive up till now because people, you know, there are people that want the box and the and the manual and everything. But generally speaking, people haven't cared. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'm seeing. Um, clearinghousepricecharting.com has like been getting into it for like two years maybe there's other organizations too i, I don't know I'm, i I'm used to at... use, yeah i used to use a few different sites for like video game price tracking and engaging and stuff yeah 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 but it, but it's like the same people that have always been into like the beckett's and and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff and like grading mm-hmm. the comic books and grading the baseball cards they're Toys, now yeah. starting to get into this too and and the people who are interested in um, like having first runs and having it in mint condition. Like <laughs> yeah. These are the people that are starting to get in. I uh, think it's also a value of, um, or like a function of like, like, I'm, like, like people who were playing Mario 64 when it came out, let's say they were whatever, 10 years old or something. I think the game yeah. was 96. So they'd be born in 86. So they'd be kind of like mid thirties. Like they now have money. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, and so kind of supply demand wise, there's more supply of money, for hardcore collectors to go crazy and like get into bidding wars and stuff with each other. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is, is like now that there is, I guess it's heritage is the company that is doing the auctions and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they only got into it in January, 2019 with a sealed legend of Zelda that a then significant price of (laughs) 3,360. Then significant. Yeah. So I I'm, I'm reading the, an excerpt from Ars Technica, by the way. Um, But it, so there, that was their first auction, and then a month later, the co-chairman of Heritage was part of a group that spent a hundred thousand on a copy of Super Mario Bros. So it it just like went from three thousand to a hundred thousand, and and now it's at the point where like there's this brand name recognition of people grading it. Yeah, that yeah. the that the the millionaires out there are suddenly taking an interest in this market, and and so I guess that was one of the thing with this mario 64 is like it was a specific uh early run of it that was a plus plus quality 9.8 mm-hmm. and and they say somewhere on this article that it's like it's extremely extremely rare for a perfect 10 to, to yep. be given out on graded stuff like you could take stuff that was like still shrink wrapped in yeah, the middle yeah. of a crate uh, from original stuff that just never got opened up and it might still only have a 9.8 cuz like yeah even in shipping it out to the retailer it gets bumped yeah. a little or like there was a manufacturing whatever you know it got yeah. clipped when it was being shrimp shrink wrapped at the at the at the factory or something yeah yeah which like my my goal in collecting actually was like kind of very different than this like yeah. if you think of like say some some game so so disclosure i'm not even really a collector anymore mm-hmm. i mean i still have all this stuff and i'm not really actively buying or seeking or like trying to acquire x quality like like a perfect condition whatever game yeah um, but like 
part of it was that like, you know, I enjoyed this stuff as a kid. And so I, I wanted to kind of have it. And I wanted also the games that I didn't have, but I was looking for that experience I had as a kid. And so when I was a kid, the boxes I had were not in great condition. The, the, the cartridges I had had scrapes on them. And so like, if I wanted to go and get some game, it'd be nice to have the packaging, but even if I couldn't get it, if, if the cartridge was scraped up a little bit, mm-hmm. like, that's almost like, that's fine. Like that's, that's how I remember it kind of, you know what I mean? Like yeah. getting the pristine, perfect version, first of all, it made me scared to even use it because I'm just yeah. going to scrape it up and add wear and tear to it. Um, so it ruins the experience already. But um, like there's, it, that adds nothing for me. And I wasn't seeking to like put it on a shelf, I guess. So it's just kind of weird for me to like wrap my head around a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. The other quick point is like, I think I like, it just appealed to me to be able to play the game I always use the word fidelity, I guess, but like like how it would have been played back then, if that makes sense. It's so like, yes, mm-hmm. you can play all these games on an emulator, but if you get the actual thing and you plug it into your whatever Super Nintendo and you hook it up to your shitty CRT, you're playing like the real experience or whatever, right? Yeah. And so um, with like what I was looking for was the ability to play the game in, in that environment, but then also if possible, the packaging and stuff. And so for me, I'm, I'm totally able to, like nowadays I use flashcards. And so... Mm-hmm. You know, it's you're totally able to play the game, no problem. As like you get that full fidelity experience just by having it and putting it, uh, like using the flash cart with the original hardware, and then you can find high quality scans of the things online for the for the packaging, mm-hmm. which is not quite the same. But I would prefer that to having like a closet full of like yeah. pristinely folded <laughs> cardboard and stuff in my closet. Um, I know I'm not really like like who cares about me, right? I, I I'm not really some representative, excuse me, uh, collector or anything, but um. No, yeah, but I I think you are kind of representative of of what the traditional collector has been. Like like I said, nobody nobody's really been caring about quality, and it's probably for that reason. It's like yeah. we all grew up and ravaged our own stuff, and as we're collecting more stuff, we're like, you know, who cares what condition it's in? It it doesn't need to be better than what I've already got in my collection. Yep. It 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 just needs to make me happy and and be usable right yep yep totally um i have my super nintendo set up here and it's the one i got when i was little mm-hmm. and it's yellow and scraped and like i think i wrote my name and marker at the bottom but it works it works fine like i have zero desire to like go and find a perfect super nintendo and buy it and then put it on a shelf or like buy two and have one on the shelf and have one mm-hmm. be the one i use like this works fine this is, this is this is great right this is the real experience of what it was always like to play super nintendo yeah so uh, one thing i wanted to say it's, it's interesting to me because like i I feel like we talked about a little bit, like I was talking about Transformers at some point on the podcast, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really matter, but I, I just, with Transformers, it was kind of interesting, like the toys, the toy line Transformers, because it was like this 80s toy line that was a hit, blah, 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 blah. But at the time, no one had any concept of like collecting toys. Yeah. And then it became popular to collect them at some point. And so I was reading some article about how like there's this kind of date you can nail down beyond which, like until that date, toy like toys until that date were quite rare. Like nowadays, like to, to find a toy from say the eighties in great condition is, is really hard, but to find mm-hmm. a toy from the nineties in great condition, still shrink wrapped and stuff is comparatively easy. Of course, you know, depending on the toy generally, but like generally it's much, much easier because nineties in the nineties, that's when people started collecting the stuff. And so yeah. when new stuff would come out, people would buy it and take good care of it where there was no such concept in the eighties. And so you have this drastic change like right around this this particular date where like everything before that was impossible to find, everything after that is easy to find. And that's why like prices for those older things are just crazy spiked. Yeah. So part of what I guess really surprised me with the the Mario 64 sale was I always kind of assumed the same thing was happening with video games. Like you look at some of those really rare NES games and it's like they just don't exist. There's like literally like you look at the collecting sites and they they have a list of the known copies in existence in the world. And it's like yeah. 14 copies or something, right? Like it's not even like like you have no chance of getting that. <laughs> like yeah. the 14 richest collectors out there have it and you will not get it unless you pay them some enormous sum. And so yeah. Mario 64 is like well past that. And it was a popular game. I mean, you just mentioned it was like an early run. Like, I guess that's probably what kicked it up so high, yeah. I'm assuming. And that plus some sort of bidding war, plus a combination of factors. Like I was just mentioning, like people who were into that at the time and would be seeking that are kind of in their late 30s. They have more money than they've ever had, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, it wouldn't have surprised me if it was like, I mean, the, 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 more, the, before that, when the, um, the original Zelda, like shrink wrapped copy, blah, 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 sold for mm-hmm. so much, I was a lot less surprised. Well, I mean, that, that, that one was like $4,000, right? Like, 
<laughs> yeah. There's, there's, well, there's no, like that a, was, I thought that was like four. I thought it was a hundred thousand dollars or something. Uh, it was. Uh, I mean, yeah. There, there's been there's been a bunch over the past year. I think the previous record was something like four hundred thousand. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I thought Zelda was like a million or something, and this time was even crazier. I don't I know. Think, I'm, I, I'm, I, uh no the, uh, no so um so in 2019 Super Mario Bros sold for 100,000 and then 2 months ago there was a copy of that for 660,000 and then the record that was just set um I don't know a couple weeks ago uh was The Legend of Zelda that uh, was 870,000 so it went from eight hundred and seventy thousand to Mario sixty four at uh, one point five six million. <laughs> if you bought a game for a million dollars, what would you do with it? I assume if you're buying a game for a million dollars, you're someone who has enough money that like the million is not even like it's a it's a rounding error on your bank account. So you have a game now that's in great condition, right? Like what what do you do with it? Like you put it in your room and look at it, I guess. <sighs> I mean, you got one of two options. You either uh, film yourself destroying it, and and hopefully it's pay per view, and and you reclaim your money and then some. Um, or I guess you have no choice but to buy up all the the next best copies and destroy those. <laughs> so we know why uh, you're not a collector, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're you're not going to take it out and play with it, as, yeah. I assume. Yeah. Um, the thing is, these these like pristine, pristine copies. Like you probably don't even like. Imagine you got a pretty good copy. Like by these these rating standards, it's an eight point mm-hmm. five or something. I mean, whatever. There's probably so many eight point fives. Just take it out of its stupid plastic case, put it on the shelf. Every now and yeah. then, when you're feeling nostalgic, you go in your cool nerdy room and you know look at the back and and pull it out and remember what yeah. it was like and get that smell. Like when it's the nine point nine, perfect condition you know best in the whole world thing like you're probably you're probably putting it behind glass and never touching it yeah like it's almost like a strictly worse experience to own it to me yeah uh i i feel like i'm now uh craving some sort of a a heist film to be made where someone (laughs) steals the valuable copy of mario 64 you're you're hoping this happens to the person that bought it no, no, I'm I'm hoping for a film about a fiction this. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, throw some celebrities in who have to dodge around lasers and stuff in order <laughs> to get into the the Mario thing. I I remember seeing movies like that where people are like stealing diamonds and stuff. And it's like, what what's the point? Who's gonna buy this stolen, stolen diamond? diamond? Whereas a nine point nine uh, early run Mario sixty four. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just we're just seeing people. Uh, <laughs> showing their interest right now that that's that's obviously getting to sell for more in the future yeah yeah I, yeah I, re- I remember finding it weird because like um suikoden 2 was like an incredibly rare game mm-hmm. and and like three i don't know 10 years ago maybe i i've got no concept of time anymore so that game was released in 99 mm-hmm. so so right now even i can go on ebay and i can see that that game is for sale for over $500. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it was a little bit more than that just a, a few years ago. And then Sony re-released it on, on PSP and PS3 and kind of made a lot of collectors angry. I love how that's a thing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> imagine you bought like some really rare Van Gogh for $26 million or whatever. Yeah. It's like, no one's going to like re-release it and screw you. Right? <laughs> but like, I don't know. It goes back to what I'm saying. Like, like, I mean, games were originally mass produced and I get that, you know, this is the one that's in the best condition and whatever, but like, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm, I would never um, push for like pirating games, but just mm-hmm. the fact that these games are created as ROMs that then can just exist and, and fade into the past. Like the, the original entire game, like it's bits and it's bytes are, perfectly preserved forever right and so if you have that plus a high quality scan i used to be more of a i guess like a preservationist but i'm i just i like the idea of the game like always existing and being available Mm -hmm. it's less important to me that like you know there's like a physical plastic thing sitting somewhere yeah especially with like disc rot and cds and stuff i mean some of the stuff you can't even preserve in its original like release run you know form and so like I don't know, that $500 copy of Suikoden is going to be worth 
well, maybe it'll always be worth that much if it's seal wrapped or whatever. I don't know. But like <laughs> in X years, it Let's will eventually not years. function. Yeah, it'll eventually yeah. not function anymore. Whereas like all the copies of it will and it'll be fine and you can play it and it's like a fun game or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, it, it, that's, I mean, that was what collecting was always about to me. It was like access yeah. and being able to play it then and there. It was kind of fun, I guess, for me to like have the, you know, the shelf of all the games and you walk up to it and you pull out the game and it's cool. Like that experience is still a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I mean, I guess that's the difference between us and a collector, right? Like we're, yeah. we're art appreciators, yeah. not art collectors. Like where, where you were mentioning Van Gogh, it's like, you know, lots of people have a poster of Starry Night uh, yep. and, and they're completely happy with that. And, yep. But it, but it takes that special person to, to really absolutely want the original. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> it, it's 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 weird. Like I I it's supposedly a lot of the people who have been collecting are like mad that this auction is happening because it's like ruining the hobby for them. Oh really? It, well, because it's like they've collected a whole bunch of stuff, and it's like their collection was something that they were collecting for fun and because they wanted it and they wanted to be able to play stuff, and now it's like their collection has been like doubling in value each month and now they're like afraid to like they they're priced out they can't buy the new stuff to finish their collection <laughs> and they don't want to sell their stuff because they know it's going up in value so it's just like they they're it's not fun with this thing that's not fun it's like housing kind of uh, yeah. i won't get into that topic too deeply but like a lot of people it's like they just want a house and they buy the house and the next thing you know it's like in the news the house is going up in value and it's going up in yeah. value and they think well do i sell or should i hold on to it or, or maybe i'll move to a cheaper, cheaper area like it's no longer about like yeah. work hard have enough money to buy a house where you want and then do it right and yeah. like the, the way they zone cities they don't like accommodate that idea very well it's all about like invest in the house and boom 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 money money like as soon as you own a house or before you own a house yeah. you're just thinking about money all the time and yeah. when when even like hobbies are like that like that sucks like even my video game collection i it's weird like all the stuff could just go up in a fire mm-hmm. and that's it and so like i guess i should be insuring it and then if I, if it all went up in a fire and i got all the money back like okay it's not like i'm going to rebuy everything am i am i happy like i effectively it would have been the same as selling it it's just a really weird thing i guess yeah whereas like if you collected like pretty rocks off the beach it's just a hobby it's just fun right yeah um and you're kind of touching on another thing that that i guess ruined it for me if you will when i like going back to when i was like when it was 2002 or whatever and i was just like going to flea markets and finding games like there was a lot of Mm -hmm. pleasure in that and like if you had some rare game it was almost like maybe it was like a baseball cards where you bought that baseball card packet like i was never a card person but you know you got that rare card and you could show your friends and they're all jealous like you, you were the one that kind of just went up somewhere and found that cool game, and that was just something you had, and it was cool, right? Now, yeah. you just throw money at the problem, and it just fixes everything, right? Like you have the internet, you have auctions. Like when when you were little, and that one friend of yours had like whatever Batman Returns on on or whatever the well, some Batman game or something on Nintendo, and no one else could find it, that was so cool. But now that we're older, we just go buy it, right? Yeah, and I think that's strictly better. Like it's awesome you have that access, but like from a from a like when you think about what it is that's fun about collecting, like the collecting part is no longer fun to me when you can essentially get anything as long as you're willing to throw enough money at it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, to be, um, to admit my guilt. Um, like I was playing uh, the Pokemon games with my kid last year. Mm -hmm. Um, and in that game you have to, to, catch them all you got to mm-hmm. collect yep. all the pokemon and and you can only do that by trading them yeah um and so we we managed to to get them all like i i went on the internet and did trades and stuff uh but the the thing that pulled at my sanity uh, a little bit was uh sorry did, did you ever play the the pokemon games i guess i should just explain it anyway for all our fans yeah i played the first uh, <laughs> one or two i think i played yellow where where pikachu follows you the whole game or something well there was there was a mythical pokemon called mm-hmm. mew mm-hmm. um and i don't remember exactly how you got Mew. i think the only way you could do it was by trading for it at nintendo events it wasn't <laughs> okay. something that it wasn't something that you could catch natively in the game mm-hmm. um and then they continued that they, when they released the Let's Go games on um, 
on the Switch, it's the same way. The only way you could catch that is by buying it from Nintendo. Uh, okay. You can buy the uh, the Pokeball uh, controller that lets you pretend you're throwing that in order to catch Pokemon and stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. if you buy that, then it comes with a, a single-use Mew that you can bring into your game. And you could trade that off to, to Pokemon Home and, and uh, Pokemon Sword Shield and stuff if you want it. Yeah. Um, and there was just something frustrating at the fact that I would, you know, this device had sold out. So if I wanted it, I had to buy the device <laughs> for like over $150 or something. Mm-hmm. Or I could go on eBay and I could give some stranger $3 and they would give me a generated Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And they traded that to me. And, and I and I did that. Um, I'm, I'm guilty of going on eBay and buying a Mew. <laughs> <laughs> the aftermarket man yeah yeah uh i mean you're hitting on like once you start having to play with money and feeling obliged to make money decisions yeah. i think it's a lot less fun yeah it's yeah. it's it's weird i i would be much happier playing the game and being able to collect everything yeah. natively in the game and, and it's 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 a weird thing because i know a ton of people did that where they bought two switches or two game boys and two copies of the game so that they could catch everything and then trade them to themselves to mm-hmm. complete their pokedex and so the humans are weird man it used to be a, <laughs> like a, a rom like i remember when rom hacking was kind of yeah. born and people were so excited because they could just go hack their save file and get all the pokemon yeah and it's like well okay like just look at a video of them like what's the point <laughs> it's so weird it, i yeah. mean it's we're so weird that humans just have this little part of their brain that's just like I, I got to collect all of this thing that I'm interested in, and so it's... I, I totally sorry I just I, I totally thought of this. I used to be into hockey when I was little. Yeah, and I have this. You know, remember uh, panini, as in the bread? No, I might even is it panini? Uh, yes, I know there's a bread called panini. I forget what they're called actually. It's an Italian company that made like every sticker book when we were little. Oh, I, I have no was, idea. Yeah, I could have sworn it was panini. Anyway, um, yeah, Panini uh, stickers, Canada. Yeah. So. yeah, okay, okay, there you go. Was it Canada? Okay, well, whatever. Anyway, they made this, whatever, like hockey book with every team and every player and all this stuff. And I was buying the stickers religiously. And at some point, it was like 1990 or something. <laughs> it was like really, really old. Anyway, at some point, you could, I forget the exact, you, you like bought this cereal and there was like things, like points and like point cards in the cereal. And I bought enough of it that I had enough points to, to, mail into the company and they would send me the missing stickers wow and i did it for the the last like 10 stickers i needed and they fucked it up and they sent me nine of the stickers i needed and then the 10th was a double of one of those nine instead of the actual 10th one i needed oh and it was the most heartbreaking thing ever but anyway to this day i i put them all in the book and there's one single sticker missing <laughs> a whole collection of like 500 or whatever like it was all the players and it was all the team logos and the team logos were made of multiple stickers like just whatever it was like this massive effort to collect this whole thing yeah and to this day it's like you know it's not important to me for any reason at all other than it yeah. just bothers me that it's not complete no i, I could not I've... care at all about that anymore and it's just like i've thought about it multiple times to like just go online and find someone else's half completed sticker book and buy it and cut out that one like i don't think that one was particularly rare or something yeah and no it's just a human I'm, thing i guess yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm totally in the same boat where the uh 1994 <laughs> fleer ultra spider-man cards <laughs> i i collected all of those um or i attempted to rather um i've actually still got the the binder full of them uh, yeah. here uh after all these years and yeah, I there was the the local comic book shop, uh, the Batters Box, and and they would sell used or is it, is it used cards, <laughs> uh, opened cards? Yeah, opened. Uh, so you could go in and pick out the individual cards that you needed. And I remember just every chance I would get, I would go into the Batters Box and I would try to find whatever cards that I still needed. And I never did complete my collection. Uh, and it's it's one of those things where I look at it and, and I'm every now and then I'm just like should I check out eBay? Should I? Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> I just thought of another dumb story that's only slightly related to this, but I feel like telling it just for no reason. <laughs> when there was a contest uh, when I was little, and it was a cereal based thing, like you'd buy whatever alphabet cereal or whatever, and it would come with a letter in it. And it was a Nintendo based contest. And so you had to spell the word Nintendo. 
and they i mean i'm sure they still do this but back then yeah. when you need to needed to like collect all of something like they do like they have monopoly at mcdonald's and stuff it's the same thing i think where like yeah, everything's yeah, pretty yeah. common except one thing there's like one rare letter or one yeah. rare property in monopoly and i don't know what the letter was like it's obviously not n because there's multiple n's in nintendo yeah. right maybe it was o or something or the t but whatever yeah one of the ones that there's only one letter of anyway between myself and my neighbor we had all the letters yeah. And it was like, that was actually a big deal. Like you could send it in for like a free like game or something. Yeah. And the way I remember it, of course, is that I was the one who had the rare letter. <laughs> but I remember we fought over it and fought over it. And we ended up not like helping each other. And I remember buying so many cereal boxes to get like the other letter and I could just never get it. And they were doing the same and no one, we never completed it. And no one ever did anything. <laughs> and so like, <laughs> can you, if you can imagine these like seven-year-old kids, like, like pointlessly not getting an entire like Nintendo game that they could have gotten yeah like, it's just the dumbest thing ever i don't know I, I just remembered that awesome story right nice yeah yeah so yeah. now i want to go and look at what that contest was like i, I like get all the like what, what that's enough details right cereal and all the letters of nintendo letter yeah. cereal contest yeah maybe um uh alphabets yeah look at this for that, real wow wait this is a new one though because this has cappy on it Oh, this is very new. Um, oh, I have no idea. The twenty-five, oh. the twenty-five greatest cereal prizes of all time. I'm gonna look, click on that one instead of looking. <laughs> <laughs> the there was an alphabet's terrarium, an animal stamp collector's book, dinosaurs, 3D glasses, frosted flakes, major league baseball temporary tattoos, spooky mm. speedsters, Kool Aid. Wait, you could you could just get Kool Aid in your alphabets. Uh, uh hmm. <laughs> the letters uh, of Nintendo cereal. What year would this be? Like nineteen ninety four or something? You know, the one thing I remember getting in a cereal box, um mm -hmm. when I don't remember which it, it must have been the Clone Wars movie, or Attack of the Clones or whatever, when that came out, the Star mm -hmm. Wars garbage. Um I think they had a cereal specifically for that movie and if for you collected star wars? yeah I, I gotta look this up now star wars cereal uh yeah it was oh wait again this is a new one they mm. they always have uh let's look it up time goes on, cereal. star wars cereal prequels um it looks like it was basically like a, a lucky charms I, I don't remember it being like that i remember it being like a, a honeycombs type cereal or something. But anyway, what, it, what whatever it was that I got. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Kellogg's Star Wars Episode 2 with Clone Trooper Cookies Biscuits. Uh, it came with a Clone Trooper mask, like a full-on helmet that you could put on <laughs> over your head. <laughs> and, I, and I totally have it. <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah you know i don't know if i ever there's no like cool contest winning that like story that i have at all uh my is, my efforts this, to find this spell nintendo thing are not really working either yeah uh this one wasn't a contest so much as you just had to buy enough of the cereal and mm -hmm. then send in the things to, and they would mail you the mask yeah yeah um but it looks like you could actually buy like packages that came with the mask and multiple boxes of cereal as well to avoid them having to mail anything, I guess. Awesome. Um, oh, 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 okay. I totally, here we go. 91, 92. Okay. I found the, um, the Panini NHL hockey <laughs> sticker album. Now I just have to, uh, uh, check it out on eBay later. See, I don't remember <laughs> what my missing, I think it was the, wait, I kind of remember. <laughs> you know, I could probably look at it and maybe remember it was like such a stunning <laughs> thing to me at the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually I actually used uh, eBay for one of the first times recently um since buying my Mew. Um mm. I I have a bunch of stuff that I don't use, so I started looking through and realizing that I've got a bunch of PlayStation 2 games and a broken PlayStation 2 um PlayStation 3 games. Uh, I had a broken video card. So I was able to sell the broken video card on eBay. Nice. nice. Um, and while I was looking at it, there was a, a JRPG for Nintendo 3DS called Radiant Historia 
Mm -hmm. uh, that I played through because I kept hearing that it was an amazing game mm -hmm. and I really just was so incredibly bored the whole time and I decided looking at this that there is a 0% chance that I will play this game again <laughs> and so I I listed that and I sold it and nice. nice. so I bought that game for $60 about three years wow. ago yeah and and I sold it for $150 sweet so should have bought multiple copies yeah. <laughs> so that, but, but that's the sort of thing where like I sold that and then like a, a week later I, I hear about this Mario 64 thing selling and I'm just like, man, what am I doing? I, I shouldn't be selling my games. I got to wait another 20 years to sell these. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, like when my wife saw that auction news, she of course messaged me and she's like, do you have this game? We should sell it. We should sell it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I do have it. And now I'm just curious how much a, a open copy is worth, and it's like nine bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, I, I mean, I wonder if the, anyone told the guy that spent one and a half million that he could have just bought like um, the Mario 3D uh, <laughs> thing on on Switch and gotten it. I'm sure they did. <laughs> I'm sure the person's friends were like, "Man, are you are you sure?" <laughs> <laughs> like you know there's charities that would maybe do something with that money i don't know yeah uh yeah what's your uh you, you're not really a collector i know you you don't no. really have like large amounts of physical things but you mentioned that one game that you sold for 160 what what do you have anything like what's your one most valuable arguably collectible item that you do own? um anything probably nothing anymore nice that's um, a that's a good way to be i think hey hey, hey you have that uh you have some art books that are valuable don't you yeah, so I, I've got a, probably my most valuable thing right now would be uh, the, the Symphony of the Night for PlayStation 1. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's, that uh, could probably go for some. Yeah, just checked eBay and that, you, you can get that with Buy It Now for 230 So There you go. Yeah. This, this is Canadian, mind you, not, <laughs> not a currency that actually has value. Not real money, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had, uh, I don't know if it's still worth money. I think they've re-released it since, but, uh, Xenogears used to be pretty rare. Um, yeah. I do have that. Uh, I have, um, I do have some rare NES games. Um, I have, uh, Action 52. I think it's kind of famous now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you reminded me, you reminded me of another thing. And that was, it was in the early days of YouTube when the, uh, the Nintendo nerd was really popular. And every time he would review a game all the like collector prices for that game would shoot up because everyone would go and buy it. Like everyone yeah. that, that had old games would now want to also own that game. Yeah. And so it was funny because like on the, on the, like he, he reviewed a bunch of like common games. And so now those are, I guess a little bit more expensive, but there's games like, like his ability to influence the market was kind of interesting because there's games no one had heard of that they knew were rare that were like, okay, you know, if I want to collect every game, I need that game too. And, you know, it's, it, it's very limited supply, so it's valuable, blah, blah, blah. But Nintendo Nerd would review it. And now all of a sudden everyone had to have it and the price would just like double, right? Yeah. Um, which was, I don't know, it's not like unique across history, but that kind of thing is always both fascinating and kind of depressing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole thing with Bitcoin, Right, <laughs> that it, it's like this market where you've got like, uh, um, oh man, why can't I remember his name? The the antivirus guy, uh, McAfee. Yeah, McAfee. The, the, the late McAfee. Yes. Um, he, like Didn't that he was kill a, somebody. Like that was such a weird. Yeah. yeah well, anyway. allegedly. Yes, allegedly. Um, yes. but yeah, like that, that was the, that was the big thing with him is that he would constantly on Twitter talk about various cryptocurrencies. And it's like, as soon as he would talk about it, those things would just soar in price and then he would like sell it all. And it, it, it like got to the point where he was like advertising that if like you had a cryptocurrency and wanted him to, to shill it, pay him some money and he would. <laughs> right. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's weird how there's these uh, trendsetters that all it takes is for them to talk about something and it goes up in value. Yep. Yep. Which is, again, I mean, once, like I was saying, once the money aspect of collecting becomes a big, a big uh, uh, part of it, I feel like I page out. But once like this kind of thing starts to happen, it's like, I like to go all the way back to the idea of going out on the beach and collecting pretty rocks. Right? Yeah. Is that fun? Is it not fun? If it's fun, cool. If it's not fun, don't do it. Like no one thinks about money and this and that. And, you know, that's, that's when I kind of page yeah. out. I guess that's what you were saying. 
being more of a, a appreciator versus yeah. a collector. Yeah, I'm I'm more the type of person that likes to collect memories. Mm -hmm. yeah. um like i'm i'm happy to take my camera somewhere like in the case of the the shells like we have a jar here that we went on a vacation to florida a few years back and mm -hmm. the the three of us were collecting shells and you know some of them are banged up or whatnot but the, we've got this little jar and it's a nice little memory and we weren't concerned about like okay we've got to get one of every type of crustacean shell <laughs> And we'll buy the ones we don't have off eBay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no. so it's it's weird. Like, if, if anything, I would never want to collect all of the Nintendo games because mm -hmm. I never played all of the Nintendo yeah, games. Yeah, totally understand that. But I, I could imagine wanting to collect all of the ones that I had played as a kid. Yep. Yep. I mean, for me, I guess it's kind of weird. Imagine there was an author you really liked. Mm-hmm. And you read like 10 of their books and they were really fun to you and awesome and nostalgic and crazy. And then when you, after you grew up, you decided you would go and get those books and it ends up, they have like a hundred books. Like, I guess collecting yeah. NES games was always like that to me where I, I kind of, I just liked that era. I liked that, like everything yeah. about it. Like I didn't play them, but it was still nostalgic because of the subset I had played and how they related and everything. And so yeah. that's kind of what drove it for me, I guess. But I, I do totally, uh, get that, uh, way of thinking as well yep yeah, yeah. I'm, i mean i'm i guess that comes back to to um even modern day games like i have no um affinity or, or a serious preference i guess as to whether the the pixel art game could authentically run on an nes <laughs> yeah i'm i'm fine to play uh cyber shadow or or um shovel knight or something that that's like retro but not authentic yep yep uh i mean i don't know maybe i used to care at one point i i'm still <laughs> uh you were scolding me recently for some bad editing which was uh, true entirely, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh which was a mistake done very late and i didn't go back to correct it but anyway I, like i i always i'm very grumpy when like like if you're gonna go with pixels, at least just go with pixels. I don't know. I hate it when like yeah. there's like unaligned pixels or different yeah. size pixels, or you rotate pixels. Like I just can't yeah. stand swinging the axe in uh, Stardew Valley. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, sorry. I, I just I just can't stand it. It just takes me way out of everything in some weird way. It's just very jarring to me. It's like listening yeah. to a song and like if it like cuts weird or there's missing audio, it just it just takes you out of the song a little bit, right? Like, it's just annoying. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. For 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 anyone. Uh... Who needs to go back and, and understand uh, episode 2.08 narrative in games matt uh matt didn't make me happy with the graphic he made it's yes. those there's there's non-uniformly scaled pixel art well you know it's funny because <laughs> maybe i just half asked it too much to be honest but like i'm also highly sensitive to those kind of things and when you called it out it felt so defeated it was like it was like i don't know like that that's my religion is to preach that yeah. it must be like you know when when those when like a priest gets caught in a homosexual relationship it's like you lied the whole time right you know <laughs> i don't know yeah well uh we're coming up on the hour here what uh, what have you been playing anything oh man what have i been playing i mean the, not really anything I, I forget when we recorded last time i have uh, i recently finished mario galaxy 2 with my kids mm-hmm which is which was fun. I mean, once you get to the end of the game and it's hard, uh, it's not really with the kids anymore. It's me playing <laughs> and then watching and then them dying in 10 seconds kind of thing. But um yeah, we we finished that um and I'm like so and we talk about this occasionally, but like do you remember when you were a kid and like beating a game opened like the next quest or like you know, yeah. you'd be kind of a completionist about stuff? Like I have so little patience for that anymore. I'm just so you know, it's an adult thing, I guess. You're kind of time strapped, blah blah blah. Yeah. And so I beat it, and then it opened a special world, mm -hmm. and I'm almost like, <laughs> like, yeah. I kind of, I kind of want to do it, but I kind of want to just be able to say, okay, I beat this game, I'm done. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I yeah. played, um, um, I think it was New Super Mario Bros. Yeah. No, it was, it was Mario 3D World or something on the on the 3DS, mm -hmm. and it's literally, you beat the game, and then it unlocks the other half of the game. <laughs> Like you see, like for me, when I see credits, I'm generally done and I yeah, don't yeah, yeah. want to keep playing. Yeah. Um, 
I don't even want there to be more. It's not even like, yeah. sure, there's more, but I'm not going to play it. I'd much rather there just not be more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it would have made me more happy if I didn't know that there was a half game yeah. remaining that I'm not going to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like when they unlock one of those games, one of the Mario games, you like unlock Luigi. Yeah. And I guess you can play all the same levels again now as Luigi and it's going to be different, but like, no way. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> um, I might, I might, I mean, I know, I think we disagree uh, a little bit on the Galaxy series. I rather enjoyed the game very, very much. Uh, I will say that. And so, you know, I might, I might, whatever, just like on a Saturday, just go back and finish all the levels. There's only like five more or something. It's probably pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, we'll see though. Uh, I don't really have another game lined up. I mean, I have a, probably a list somewhere, but uh, I'm kind of trying to figure that out. What about you? Uh, along those same lines, um, yeah. I, I've been playing a little bit of Pokemon new, sorry, new Pokemon snap mm. with my kid, uh, which, which he loves and I don't, I don't mind it, but it's, it's a very grinding game. They, they get you to play the levels over and over and over uh, in order to unlock more levels. And it's, it's not my, uh, it's not enjoyable to me. Um, I don't mind going through once or, or even a second time and trying to see the stuff that I missed while I was looking in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you're on a, a, a little train basically that just goes down the tracks and, and mm-hmm. you have no control over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when when they give you experience based off of the quality of your photos and you just have to keep doing it to level up, I'm just like, mm. yeah, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I played a little bit of that and a little bit of Kunio Kun on the weekend and then that's it. I didn't manage to play anything else throughout the week. Cool. Or not cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I have to figure out how to squeeze in some, some time for, for, uh, games um I, i've been meaning to play a uh, snatcher and i played it a little bit and it's been kind of interesting but kind of just kind of meh uh yeah like if if someone told me it was a two-hour game i'd probably be, probably be uh, fairly motivated to just go and finish it it's enough of a kind of fun experience but i don't know if i could dump whatever 20 hours into it this oh, goes back right. to being a bit of a completionist it's kind of like in a weird way it's like middle gear zero or 1.5 vish and it's like well yeah. i should beat this and then i can say like i've played all these games all the you know kojima games yeah and so when i come back to earth i'm like well wait i don't really care so maybe i won't play it yeah on the, on the plus side it says it's only a nine hour game on uh, how long to beat.com so well that's that's right on the border right yeah. <laughs> maybe that's a maybe that's a big maybe for me yep cool all right well uh good chatting with you yeah for sure And uh, have a good one. Yeah, you too. Take care.